Hey guys, welcome to Randy's Rock of Life. This is Terry. What's up, man? Sitting by my side is uh, Randy. What's up, dude? A uh, little emotional podcast today. We're going to talk about some explicit stuff. If you don't want to listen, you know, this is about suicide prevention and death and viewer discretion is advised. Thank you. Yeah, it's a good, good disclaimer uh, to, to put up there, man. Um, you know, obviously this is uh, this is a tough one probably to talk about. I mean, yeah, I can talk about dating. I can talk about COVID, music, whatever. But like something like this obviously is uh, uh, extremely close, personal to home. Um, so it's such a big deal. But um, as you know, I've known you for a zillion years, man, right? Yep, 26 years. 26 so. years. And you always knew my dad oh, uh, yeah. a lot. And uh, old Don Don. He was like my second dad. And he was uh, he was the curator of the Platts Museum, uh, oh, also yeah. a history teacher. Um, and he also, he was just he was just a fun, fun guy. I remember we went to the train in Plattsmouth. The caboose. Yeah. You know, I was... I was I, I, When you brought that up, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that in Plattsmouth. I, I dated a girl from Plattsmouth, and she was like, oh, my God, I used to cruise down there. I'm like, yeah, as a kid, I stayed down at that caboose down yeah. there when you used to cruise Plattsmouth, uh, which I always was just hilarious to me. But um, so my dad, um, kind of just to sum up a little bit, he had married my mom, um, and uh, when I was about, I think it was... 11, 12, or something like that, because he adopted me. Were they actually married? Yeah. I never knew that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, he started <clears throat> courting my mother. Holy <laughs> spin out. You just, wow. <laughs> just spit out my beer. Stop saying the courting crap. Well, I'm, We're not in the 20s. But that was, dude, they had a horse carriage on their wedding. <laughs> that was bad. I spit that everywhere. <laughs> yeah, it was. That's great. Uh, another podcast. Like so, spit on. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> so I, uh, I remember the 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 wedding was in Plattsmouth, and it was a, a horse carriage, and my my dad apparently, really? yeah, which I did not know, uh, was a very eligible bachelor in Plattsmouth at the time, and uh, this was in the so it would have been like what uh, early nineties, I think something along those lines, yeah, because uh, where I went to school. And everything else so yeah it was interesting but um, yeah he was a ginger and he was really tall so. yeah yeah he played basketball <laughs> he played college ball uh, my grandpa lived in lincoln and his brother lived down in tennessee so uh we met my mom they dated <clears throat> dated let me rephrase that you don't like the word courting thank you so um they ended up getting married and he ended up adopting my sister and me so he's not my biological dad but he's the dad that i feel uh raised me for a, a very important part of my life, which was my teenage, adolescent, wild, crazy teenage years, uh, but also helped me so much through school. And I'll never forget, he had uh, license plates and stickers from every county in Nebraska. Like, he was such a... Yeah, I, you know, the other thing I remember about him? What? The whole train set. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and the house there and He had, in, like, in a Elmwood. model... Yeah train set yeah that nobody else has no it was so cool and it, the guy that he got that from was the uh uh what do you call the engineer at the zoo at henry dorley yeah uh he drove that train um uh, at, at the henry dorley zoo so there was a big connection there and my dad like he introduced me to a lot of important people um at the governor's office and that kind of stuff Get ah! COVID! <laughs> all over uh, all over the place so um, so my dad was is was very well known, and I didn't know that as much because I was younger. Of course, I was you know thinking about girls. I was playing sports. Yeah, he didn't know much about his yeah, life. his life in that aspect. So the amount of years that I did have with him, um, when my mom, unfortunately, him and my mom, uh, it didn't work. Uh, they got divorced. But I chose to stay with him 
um, rather than moving with my mom because I thought that like this guy was going to be like the best role model for me. Like he made sure that with my school, with my sports, uh, he and he played ball with us. I mean, he was keeping up with us in high school. Yeah, my dad and your dad always kicked our ass. They did, dude. I mean, <laughs> they knew stuff of the old alley oop stuff, and my dad had the sky hook. Yeah. You know, your dad did too, man. And and it was so fun. We played. Uh, at a gym down in Nahaka, which is no longer there. Nope. Uh, they tore it down, which is really sad. The school used, went under. Yeah. yeah, it used to be in a, a men adult league, which now we're the old men adult league guys. Yeah. Now. They were in their 40s. We were in our 20s. 20s. Yeah. Younger than that. I mean, we, st- we were in, still in high school, except, you know. Yeah, for some of those years. Some yeah. of those years, yeah. Uh, we were in school, and, of course, our coaches used to get pissed because they knew we'd go down and play. Uh, in these old men league, but it but they didn't care back then. No, no, it was a lot different. Now they're a lot. Now it's like sign a contract because you're not doing that. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You're only allowed to play this sport. So um, my dad um, was was just phenomenal, man. And I remember just the simplest little things about him, uh, whether it be you know he would leave a twenty bucks on the table and he's like you know fill your tank. And of course back then twenty bucks like fill your tank. Yeah, you know the old Camaro it's like a dollar. Yeah, <laughs> dude, it was crazy. And a I'll gallon. Never, I'll never forget those things. And he just was so fun. And he remember when he took us to uh, the Kansas City Royals game. Oh my god! So he had this. I don't even remember what kind of truck that was, dude. But it was, was it a Ford. It was a Ford something, but it had the. I don't remember what year it was. Uh, yeah, but it was older. But he had a like a topper on it. A camper. A camper topper yeah. on it, right? So we're like, well, it's just right in the back. You know, and of course he all he used to listen to was AM or his the Beatles or some old, you know, old sixties music. He was such a variety. I don't even music. think I heard the music because there were so many bumps. Dude, so we were in the back <laughs> of this truck. And th- dude, no kid, man. We were in the back of this truck and um we're driving back from Kansas City and I don't even remember how the hell we ended up where we did. Next thing you know, we're like, he's like, dude, where are we going? Like, my dad took a whole weird turn. Yeah, because I remember telling you, I'm like, um, dude, we're about to get uh, murdered. Yeah. We're, on a, like, we're on a rock oh road. My God. Like, we should be on the highway. I don't even know what he was doing, and I'll never forget that. And I'm like, why are we? Like, yeah, we did didn't he, know what he was doing. It's I don't like, know. And he, then he just because you could over. take a highway straight there. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> we went to Kansas with the Royals game and had a great time, and that's what it was. But then on the way back, he took an off road, and we're so he pulls over on the side of the road, and he's like, he gets out. We po- he stops, <laughs> and we're panicking. We're, I literally, I'm like, <laughs> we're like, oh god, he's gonna kill us. What's going on? Oh my god! And he's like, hey guys, just want to let you know we're lost. This is obviously long before GPS or anything like that. Yeah, because we didn't have any of that. But it was in the middle of the night. It was so weird. I'll just never forget that. And I'll never forget the day that he drove off with the gas tank hose attached to the car. I'll never, ever forget that day. We're driving all of a sudden. I'm like, what the? And the whole gas thing came off. And, oh, dude, it was. I didn't remember that. So you just said that. Oh, my God. That was such a great time. And we're all looking at him like dumbfounded. We're like, what the? <laughs> we we spent a lot of time where we would go play basketball. We got stuck uh, in the snow, uh, going from Nahaka back to Elmwood, uh, stuck in the yep. snow, and because uh, it was so snowy out. But back then we were like, we gotta play basketball. We gotta play. And my dad would preach, "Why are you doing that shit?" Yep. You know, your dad's like, "Be smarter, boys. Be smarter." Um, but then um, he just he was he he taught me money. He taught me all these things in my life that. For those moments in my life, it was so important for me. So um, to have gotten to graduation, of course, and I'll still remember the day that I had to tell him that uh, my girlfriend in high school was pregnant. 
Um, and psycho. And, well, you know, it happens. So uh, it was a high school relationship, but I'll never forget him. Uh, there was one weird instant that happened in that house. It was so like, there's not, a, we're not talking. Yeah, <laughs> there's not a lot of weird one. incidents. Not that one. That was weird. When I not, started screaming, oh my God, what is he doing? <laughs> shit. <laughs> never forget that either. But I remember when he told me about, um, uh, he's like, we, I remember going, getting ready to go to school or something like that. And he, he comes to me and, he, and I'm sitting there and I think I'm eating my Wheaties or something like that. And he goes, Wheaties. I know, I, that's what it was, man. Raisin Bran, maybe. And he goes, hey, did, did you feel that last night? I'm like, feel, feel what? <laughs> and he's like, like, I swear there was an earthquake last night. And I'm like, huh? It's like, yeah, the house was shaking. And I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God. And then I brought up things like, uh, no, that wasn't an earthquake. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, my dad knows I'm having sex. <laughs> and it was like, and it was on a waterbed. Yeah. Why would you, there, why would you have an earthquake in Elmwood? That'd be dumb. I know. But maybe that was his subtle way of saying, son, stop having I, sex. In I know room. what you're doing. And then, of course, you know, it was one of those like, hey, let's do it without a condom. Yay. And then, boom, here we go. So, and I love Randy Elizabeth. I love you, sweetheart. Wouldn't change it for the world. <laughs> Um, she always asks about like, you know, all these different things about her mom. And it, it was a great time when I look back at those types of situations in high school. Hindsight's twenty twenty, but for the world, I would never like Randy's phenomenal. So thank you, honey. Um, so my dad, um, I had just graduated high school. I had just had, I just had Randy. I was 19 on May 22nd. I graduated May 19th. I had Randy May 11th that year of 96. Um, and I ended up getting a job. Uh, with my cousin up here in Omaha. And it was like painting, which was like, hey, I'm going to make a little extra money while I wait to go to college because I went down to college in uh, SEC Beatrice. Yep. That's where I was going to go for radio, radio broadcasting and play basketball. So I um, ended up getting a job up here. But after about, uh, I think, like a month or so, I ended up breaking my thumb uh, in a pickup game where I caught my thumb on somebody's jersey or shirt playing a pickup game. Dumb. And broke my thumb. You also snapped your leg in half later on. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that was that was great times. Yeah, that's a whole other fun story. I was like, his bone's sticking out of his leg. Oh my god. Um, no. What? Hideous. <laughs> Hideous. So I was like, all right, well, uh, I guess I'm coming back to to live um, in Elmwood. And so um, I was like looking at that, and I was like, well, um, all right, so I'll just stay here and get my thumb handled. But I also was trying to look at some local radio stations in Lincoln, Nebraska as well. And so I was trying to figure out um, what I wanted to do. So for about a month and something, I had to let my hand heal, and that was it. So once I got my hand healed, um, my dad's like, hey. Hey, off subject, didn't I, like, was I injured too that year? I broke I, my leg or? Ankle. Because you were always trying to oh, be Michael yeah, Jordan. Uh, always the Sprite like, commercial. Yeah, you're like, oh, look what I can do, 5'4". Wow, that's... Hey, I hit the rim. You did something. Yeah, you were, <laughs> were in great shape back then, man. So I um, was in... Uh, we He's like, hey, let's go to the YMCA in Lincoln, and let's go and uh, get... Uh, we'll get a little basketball on before you have to go back. And this is in July. I was about to go college in August. So I also was stopping by radio stations and dropping off resumes and at that time yeah, uh, cassette tapes. Um, and so my dad's like, well, I'm going to run and do some stuff first, and then I will meet you at the YMCA. So we drove separately, but we both lived in Elmwood. And Elmwood. then remember you asked me to go too. Yeah. Yeah. I and then that. I don't know what I was doing that day. I, I, I was doing something with my dad or I don't remember. Yeah. 
And um, so I went, ran around, did some stuff, dropped off some uh, resumes and some other stuff, air checks at some radio stations in Lincoln. And we met at the YMCA and I had my cast off. So it was super excited. And um, we, on July 22nd of 1996, we were there. And he, we were playing in a father-son pickup league. And he threw the ball about half court to me. I had a breakaway and I turned around and made the layup. And I was so excited because it was the first shot I'd made since I broke my hand, my right thumb. And I turned around and I looked and I looked back uh, like I was running back on the court. And I saw my dad uh, collapse down to his knees uh, at about half court. And I was like, man, what, what's going on, man? Maybe he just hurt himself. Maybe he pulled back. And I turned and he looked and he literally like fell uh, face first down to the ground. And I remember somebody running at the gym to call 911. And I ran up to my dad and he literally was like his eyes were watering. And he had just beautiful crystal blue eyes. And I remember rolling him over and he was like just staring at me and he was like choking on his tongue like something was like he was choking on something. So I pulled like I literally like opened his mouth and grabbed his tongue so I could like not act like he was choking on it. And uh, the only thing I remembered from years ago was CPR. And so I remember doing CPR on him and somebody had called 911. The guys are right there and we're trying to lift him up and like what's going on. But his eyes, I just was he was just in my arms and he was like laying there and he was like looking at me. And his eyes were watering, and it was the most weirdest, eerie feeling of my life. And then I, uh, the ambulance came, and we were able to get him up and moved. They got him on the gurney, and then they took him, and I went in the ambulance. We left both our cars there. And so then uh, we got in the ambulance, and they stopped one time, and I'll never forget that. They stopped one time to pull over because I think they were putting uh, some sort of needle in him or something, and I don't know what they were doing. Why would they have to stop? I don't know, but they stopped in the middle of the road, um, and then we kept going. I don't know if they couldn't get a needle or something, IV or something, while we were driving so fast to St. Elizabeth. So we get to St. Elizabeth, and I at this time, um, I, as soon as I got there, I called my grandpa, and his my dad's brother happened to be visiting uh, from Tennessee this like this exact time so I mean dude I weird things happen but he just happened to be there and so we um, did uh, they put us in a room and they took him back and then the doctor came in and said that we had lost him and I just I'll never forget that feeling of like oh my god this like literally just happened and my grandpa cried my brother cried I was crying I mean it, dude I was 19 years old yeah you never really explain the whole story to me because i let it go i wasn't gonna be like yeah and i'll get to how yeah. how you guys all came because i literally had to call and this was uh payphone times you know 96 we weren't pimping phones at that time very well beepers yeah, Be yeah beepers. so I, I had to call collect i called my mom i called my sister um and then once i got back to my house but i'll, I'll never forget i left my grandpa and my uncle there and then i um Drove and I remember, uh, I don't even know. I don't I, honestly, dude, I don't even remember. I think I walked, I think I walked, uh, from St. Elizabeth back to the YMCA, uh, because nobody, I did my grandpa couldn't drive, my uncle couldn't drive. Is that when you called me or you're already at the no, house? No, 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 no. I oh. went and I went and picked up my car at the YMCA and I drove home. And I remember that drive from Lincoln to Elmwood, and I remember the loneliest weirdest uh, shock feeling I'd ever had in my entire life of going through something like that. Knowing that driving home that that was like he was never coming home. Like that, that yeah. like driving home to the most, like an empty house where he was not going to be there. And just passing away like that on the basketball court. 
I mean, it what, had to been hard. It was hard, man. especially. I didn't want to touch a basketball ever again. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, and here I was supposed to start college uh, in a month later. Um, but the 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 thing yeah, was, we were like nineteen years old. Yeah, we were nineteen years old, man. We were in I wouldn't say our prime, but athletically, we were definitely just in super great shape. Yes. So I remember getting back to the house in Elmwood, and I remember getting on the horn, and I remember calling you. I remember calling Joe. I remember calling Mac. Um, and I remember calling all these guys Adam. and Adam. And I remember calling the boys that knew him, the guys that were in my life at did that ever, time. Did you ever call my dad? I called you, and I think you told your dad. Oh, okay. Um, and I, I, and when I called you, what did I say? Well, I'll just explain my story because um, I didn't really know your story. So basically my story was, I think it was a couple days or a week before that, which, you know, tragically it's like, I got along with your dad. It's, there's no other relationship I had better with. He was like a second dad to me because he, I mean, he didn't talk much to me, but still that presence of him and he took us everywhere and mm -hmm. he kind of mentored. He was just a great guy. Yeah. He mentored me. Like just an all around great guy. Yeah. Genuine. Great guy. He didn't like it when I had attitude playing basketball with him sometimes. Sometimes he'd throw an elbow on you, boy. Yep. He'd get pissed off because I was so fast and quick, and then yeah. he'd just like, pow. Pow, pow. <laughs> I'm like, I mean, but he played college And I was ball, like, you man. dick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he, when he needed to turn it on, he'd turn it on, you know? I mean, but my, he went through my adolescent years with me. And, um, but I tell you, man, you drove fast to my house. But going back to that story is when you told me, like, I was just getting over my dog dying. Because I know it's not the same thing as your dad passing away, but I had this dog since I was, since I've known you, since like yeah. fifth grade. And he was my whole life. And then we were driving with your dad. And because all before this happened, it was like a couple weeks before. And I don't know where we were going. We were going towards Lincoln mm -hmm. somewhere. I don't know. I think so. Maybe Corners to State Games. Yeah, we played a lot of that too. When my dad was always involved. Yeah. And yeah, go ahead. Um, but I remember that day, too, because my dog, Sammy, I mean, it was my sister's dogs, too, but basically he was like a therapy dog for me because I was a really bad kid. And you don't <laughs> say. <laughs> Anyways. And when that happened, you saw me cry with your dad yep. and be like, my my dog just died. Dude, we're, animals um, are I, part of family, man. I was like crying bawling i was like damn and then that next week or the week after i don't know if it was that soon but you called me and was like i thought you were joking at first because we like to play games with each mm -hmm. other you know yeah we always just uh, joke around be like your mom or your dad you know just do stuff like that and it's like oh my dad died and i can't what did you say what exactly did you say uh, I just remember, uh, hey, man, we were playing basketball, and, and at the time, we had nobody had an idea what had happened. Everybody thought well, maybe it was a heart attack, or, which was crazy because he was like, he never drank, never smoked, played in the corner state games, would swim all the time. Super healthy, yeah. Dude, phenomenal healthy, but I did not know until later on. But um, sometimes when you overstrain yourself, yeah. it causes your heart to go out, too. Well, it was, he had uh, clogged arteries, and so uh, from eating So he up, probably didn't know he had high blood pressure or something. He had high blood pressure at the time, which we did not know. He refused to go to a doctor, which uh, now I'm so pissed. Because was that against his religion or something? No, or? he just was like, I'm fine, whatever. But see, that's the thing. He was so skinny athletic, but the only thing he ate was fucking cheeseburgers. 
you know, and yeah, he just that, ate. He ate true. shitty. And then I didn't see him eating most of the time. No, I didn't either. So he the the you know autopsy was um, he died of a brain aneurysm right there. And so they honestly told me by the time he hit the ground, he was already gone. But I'll, I mean, dude, his eyes were watering and looking straight at me, and it's a, it's scars for life, man. I mean, there's no yeah, doubt know. in my life. But and then like basically you called me mm-hmm. and. Not even two seconds later, I'm like, click, and then I'm like driving 120 miles an hour there. Yeah. And then you're like, and then we both hug each other. Yeah. And I'm crying, you're crying. I'm like, fuck, dude, I'm sorry. It's, dude, it, 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 his relationship with my friends and people in my life, um, he touched a lot of people and he was just so, uh, such an amazing person. But you boys that were there for me, that we all grew up together, all stayed in my house, we all stayed together. We just, it was, uh, I would hate to say it, like a dude slumber party, but like you guys did not leave me alone. Oh, yeah. And one of the coolest things, and dude, I mean, this is just chills still to this day. Um, one of the coolest things that you guys did for me, but for him and everything is we all signed a basketball. Yep. And we put and little in, trinkets and other things in there. In the that, casket. Yep. Yep. We signed that ball. And everything that it was so important, and Joe with Mac with everybody, man, we all signed that ball and we put it in the casket, and it was there. And um, and I'll never forget it, man, because I was 19 years old and I had to plan a funeral. I mean, my grandpa was 80 something years old; he was a wreck. He, you know, oh, was, your grandpa's a different story. That that dude's funny. Yeah, I know he was. It was freaking <laughs> hilarious. You want ham? <laughs> you want some warm milk? <laughs> warm milk and ham. God bless him. Great guy. Um, but yeah, I mean, dude, I had to pick out the music. I had to plan a funeral at 19 and it was something I had never thought in a million years I would do. I had to pick the music, the program, the everything. And, and to take it to that too, it's like, it was probably all of us together the first yep. time we seen a dead body. Yeah. And we were like, what the hell? Well, that's a whole nother thing too, man, is that once uh, I had to get my sister and we had to go up and um, identify the body for the, for well, the death yeah, certificate. Yeah. And dude, it was like, He's. It was so freaking eerie and so frustrating, and there was so many questions why. But um, the fact is that he had met my daughter, and this is very interesting, man. Is that he had met my daughter? My daughter, remember, was, How old was she? She was only two months old. Oh. So there's pictures of my dad holding my daughter Randy, um, and so years later, with when she's living with her mom, and um, they're living in Lincoln, and Randy's probably like five six seven years old and she used to have nightmares and i remember she's like i used and she told me she's 24 now but she would tell me these stories about how she used to have nightmares about how there was like just somebody was always around her but there was one person that she always could stare at that would keep her safe and she described my dad to the t and she was only two months old bro and she goes the guy the redheaded guy that stands in my room at night to make sure i'm safe is the guy that protects me and my daughter was only two months old when he met Randy. When did she tell you this? This was like a year or two ago. Oh. And she said that your dad, she goes, I ended up years later seeing pictures of him. And she's like, that's the guy. That's the guy that was in my dreams or was protecting me from the bad thoughts and people in my life. And, dude, I mean, spiritually, if that was the, he was the protector of her or his, his spirit got I mean, trapped. Maybe that's why when... I was driving home from Brass City. Maybe that was him saving me too when I fell asleep and almost killed somebody and ripped yourself. the car like a can opener. And I woke up. Hey, somebody told me to wake up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that he's absolutely looked over uh, a lot of people in my life, and um, he was taken so suddenly. Um, but his loss changed my life. 
um, in so many different levels, man. I mean, there's, I mean, oh, I still go he's down. He's changed my life too. What? Yeah. Obviously I still go down uh, to Tecumseh and put flowers on his grave. And that's the one bad thing. I haven't, I haven't visited his grave at all. It's hard, man. Death is dude. It's tough, man. Um, it's a really unfortunate thing and part of my life. And I've had to deal with where I've had people die in front of I me. I just wouldn't know what to say to him if I went out there. Well, it's a one-sided conversation, yeah, Terry, but still, know. you know, I know it's, you just share what you want to uh, share, but um, I don't know, man. It's ah, move my chair. It's it's something that built me who I am today. That's probably why I always wear my heart in my sleeve, and 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 I I mean this when it comes to like somebody special in my life or not. It's because I've realized life is so short and is so precious, and you can have somebody that you care about so much is ripped away from you, man. Yeah, in a second. In a second. Like me or you can exactly I can pass out. Right? Oh, I'm not trying to. I, I know. I'm just saying I could pass out any time. Be like, and you'd be like, what the hell? Yeah. And and dude, I mean, it was it was a really tough time, but there were a lot of people in that town that that knew my dad, and they were just really great people. Um, in my life. So um, anybody that has experienced that kind of stuff. So I'm going to take notes of that. Be like, enjoy your life, people, because life is short, man. You never know when you're you're just going to die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've And unfortunately, I've been on the phone with a friend of mine that was going to Iowa Western uh, and she was a great girl. And I've knew her years ago and she was going to college for broadcasting and she got killed while I was on the phone, man. She got T-boned at the inter- intersection over there at Iowa Western and she got killed and died. And it was tough. And Damn. I, yeah. And I've had program directors that have died uh, suddenly um, and our bosses that have died. And so, it, dude, it's just, it's been around my life. And, you know, and to switching to having something happen with my mother and with her having Parkinson's right now, it even makes me more appreciate these things in life. That's one thing we have in common because my aunt has multiple sclerosis mm-hmm. or Parkinson's. MS, yeah, yeah, dude. And it's like a, it's a real thing. And yeah, they get so skinny. I mean, it's like, yeah, she really is skinny, man. And, and we, it, it just, you should just cherish life, man. And you need yeah. to enjoy those things because your love. And I mean, dude, my that's, dad what, never hurts, got that's to me. what hurts me too. Is like your mom's going through all this and I'm afraid, you know, that disease is going to take over her someday. And well, it's like, not the fact that my mom... And they're going to be scarred with that stuff. Yeah, not that... I mean, dude, I see my mom all the time, and you always call me a mommy's boy or whatever the fuck you want to call yeah, me. Yeah, you're but, a mommy's boy. You know, but I love my mom, <laughs> and my mom is a phenomenal I'm the same person. way. I, I talk to my mom all the time, too. I know, but what my mom went through um, was a tragedy as well. I had another stepdad, and they had been married... or not. Well, they had been married in the 70s, and then split up, got back together, but they had been together for like 20-some years, and he was... Uh, uh, he he faced a lot of demons, man. He was an alcoholic, yeah. and he was a very... I, I knew a lot about him. Yeah, and there were days where he was fun, and there were days... And he was part of my childhood, too, but uh, over the years, he had become depressed. He didn't really talk about it. My mom and him worked different shifts, and uh, one day, um, he decided that he didn't want to go to work, and my mom's like, well, why are you not going to go to work? And he's like... And then you said she was in the bathroom or something? No, no, she was watching TV. There's a TV show... Uh, called Million Little Things, yeah, which I absolutely that is my favorite show. Love that show. <laughs> it's so sad that it's not on because of COVID right now. But um, this show is about a guy that commits suicide in the very first episode, and about how his life of his friends have to uh, live with this guilt or how what they could have done to change it. And then one of his friends is about ready to kill himself. Yes, when he gets the phone call Roman, yep. of his friend jumping off the roof, and he doesn't do it. Yep. Yeah. So if you have not, guys, if you've not seen this show, it's called A Million Little Things. It's on ABC. It's a phenomenal show. Uh, it's sad it's not on right now because of the COVID. It's based on, on real life. And it's, yeah, it's a legit deal. And 
Um, so my mom, and I, I mean, this was like a normal day and I knew my mom wasn't happy. I know that the relationship was strained. I know it was very frustrating, um, but never thought in a million years this was where it would have been. And so my mom goes uh, watching a million little things. There's a great episode that she's watching. And this guy, he sits there and watches the show with my mom, which he had never done. He worked overnights at a bakery, uh, a very famous one here in Omaha, which unfortunately is no longer here. And he told my mom, uh, when my mama asked, why are you not going to work? He's like, well, because I'm going to kill myself tonight. And my mom was like, okay, this Thought is weird. Thought he was joking. Yeah. Thought he was, yeah, joking, whatever. But my mom, in the back of her mind, she's like, you know what? We have a gun. They had the license. They have a gun to carry in the house. Um, and she knew where what it was. What kind of gun? I'm not trying to get in detail. A 57. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they had, my mom knew where the gun was in the house. So his behavior was kind of weird, but he also, you know, working overnights, man. It fucks with your brain, bro. I'm just letting you guys know viewer discretion is advised that we're talking about some deep stuff here. Yes, thank you very much. And um, so it was it was very tough, man. Um, and so my mom was like, okay, I'm going to watch the end of the show, and I'm going to – she's going to go and just get ready for, you know, bed, put her nightgown on or whatever. Well, he kept pacing back and forth in the in the living room, and my mom's like, "What the fuck? Why? What's going on?" And he was wearing a pair of pants that she, my mom's like, "This is weird. He doesn't ever. I've never seen him wear this pair of pants before. This is very strange. Why like would what you kind be, of pants? It was like sweatpants, like like just like what a homeless guy would wear. So he's trying to be casual for yeah, apparently. Yeah. And so, but he kept walking back and forth, and so my mom goes into the bathroom. Uh, to change clothes and all that. But in her mind, she's like, you know what? When I get upstairs, I'm going to take the gun and I'm going to put it underneath the pillow so I know right where it's at. And uh, so she had it near her. So that way it was way, because she thought, okay, man, I know what? This is weird. And next thing you know, she turns and bomb. So he like watched her put it under the pillow? No, my mom was in the bathroom. And she when she was in the bathroom, she's like, when I get upstairs, I'm. she knew where the gun was. She goes, oh, so he got it before she did. Yeah. Okay. My mom did not know that at the time. So she hears a pop, looks out, boom, there he is laying on the uh, ground uh, with a gunshot to the mouth because he put the gun in his mouth and pulled it. Well, obviously. And it was um, my my mom uh, being, you know, the the interesting person that she is. She was just like. I couldn't imagine how much of shock she would be in. Yeah. Dude, I don't know. That's I don't why, know like, what I would I say. I'd be like, oh. I know what my mom said. She's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Holy shit, dude. Like, this was one. My mom said that because she's like, really, dude? Like, th- my mom, their relationship was very strained and very different. But, like, my mom was like, are you fucking kidding me? But they me? still got along. Yeah, it was weird. I don't know. I don't know. It just was tough, man. So my mom obviously quickly called 911. And the, the thing about it is, is there's two things to this. One, they make her stay on the phone to watch him. They're like, is he breathing? What's Which going on? Which is bull, because, you know, he just killed himself through the mouth. Really? Yeah. Is he breathing? Yeah. and That's what I would be saying. Your body, obviously, <laughs> going through something like that, your body is still kind of, like, in shock. Because I wouldn't of, even be talking to the operator. Be like, yeah. My mom, they made her stay on the phone and watch him basically die. And it was a very uh, traumatic experience for her. I thought they came. Yeah, it would be. Um, and it was it was really tough, man, because um, <laughs> she's she's going through enough. Yeah, and so they finally get there. They uh, declare him dead. Um, all this had happened at like ten, eleven o'clock at night. 
So of course the process takes hours. They got to you know they got to take them know? off the scene and all that. Well, the thing about it is they don't clean up. They do not do those things. Yeah, it's not it's not like a movie where no. you're seeing. Oh yeah, well, let's clean up the crime scene now. Yeah, and no, move on. no, they remove the body, and that's it. The problem is they were no longer married, so they had to contact my grandparents who were 86, 87 years old that lived like five minutes away. At like two o'clock in the morning. Didn't you say you had to go over there and clean off the uh, blood splatter? I I did, but I, they had to go wake my grandparents up in the middle of the night. Let them know your son just took his life. And my grandma, I mean, dude, it's it's horrible. So I did so not. His parents were still alive. Yeah, yeah, they're still my grandparents. Yeah, yeah, Papandini still live down in Bellevue. Yeah, no, Doug's parents. Yes. Oh, yeah, okay. They're still alive. Yeah, that's oh. what I'm talking about. They live in Bellevue, and they're like 86, 87 years old. Actually, 88, 89 now. I so think. how did they feel about that? Well, it was tough, bro. I mean, they said you know that Doug always had a lot of demons in his life, and that it was really tough. But this was a this was a big deal, man. And it was a, I mean, could you imagine getting woke up at three o'clock in the morning at 86 years old and to find that out with an officer well, at the no. door? So my mom sent me a text at like two in the morning. I didn't get it because of course I'm sleeping. I get up and go to the gym in the morning. Uh, to go to Lifetime at like 5 in the morning, I get a text. I'm like, my mom's like, call me when you get a chance. Lifetime. Like, That's that, where I was that going. Was such a bougie gym. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. It's nice. The top of the hill gym. So I'm going to the gym, and I send a text to my mom. I'm like, hey, what's up? What's going on? And as I'm going to the gym, my mom calls me and tells me that this has occurred. And I'm like, well, what happened? She's like, well, he's dead. I'm like. I mean, and you're like, uh, what did he do? Two. Yeah, like, I mean, like, I had no idea. And she's like, well, he put a gun in his mouth. Here's the, the, the fact is, is that did he or did he not have two bullets in that gun? And it's in still possession of the officers that took it for the, and the evidence and the evidence. I would love to know if there's two, but because truthfully, so all is reality, it an open case still, I don't think so. So I should be able to get the possession of it back. But the scary part is, was he going to do a, um, a suicide for uh, what do you uh, you know? Obviously, take my mom out too. Oh, you know, a, mul- a multiple suicide. How you take you, know, you, you kill the like? I was afraid. Oh, was, kill someone first and then yeah, kill, kill yourself. yourself. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. I know there's a term and I'm totally brain farting it, but um, that that makes me wonder if he was pacing back and forth. And dude, there is nothing weirder than or creepier than backtracking somebody's last couple days of their life. And let me tell you something. When my mom called and told me this, one, she's like, just work out. There's nothing you can do. First of all, fuck that. I can't work out. Yeah. I mean, I like my I mean, mom. my like, mom. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, so I call my boss. I'm like, dude, I got to go handle this shit. So I go down to my mom's house, and the door is closed, and I go in there, and, dude, it's, like, blood on the wall. There's blood on the floor. There's blood over my mom's shit. There's and what, like, you're just staring at the wall like, uh, Like, what the, the fuck? What? Yeah, so... <laughs> I go to the store, I grab a bunch of shit, and I start cleaning it up. My grandpa, which was Doug's dad, was about to come over uh, and clean, or and wanted to see, he, for I guess for his own, he wanted to see where it happened. I'm sorry, if I was a parent of my kid, I would not want to see that, because that's well, too traumatic. It is. Well, he's old school military, man. I mean, so is my family. His, he was in the war, man. I mean, his difference, I mean, he's 87 years old. Obviously, he was in Vietnam and all the other stuff. I mean, his mindset. Well, yeah, different. so he doesn't mind the blood. And but I, there was no way in hell I was ever going to allow my mom to clean up blood splatter and or bad no, brain you, matter you on a fucking floor and or on a wall. Second of all, I was never going to allow my grandpa to ever see that stuff of his son. So I cleaned that up, bagged it up. The crazy part is, dude, is my mom said that was a pair of sweatpants that uh, you definitely would have died in. He had planned this thing. Found out that he did not go to work the night before at all. 
uh, I checked the voicemail and the machine at home. Did he they, still work at the bakery? He did. He worked at the bakery. He never showed up the night before. He took withdrew all the money out of the account, so it was cash. So it was there for my mother. He hid, you know, obviously weed or whatever. He hid everything that could have been potentially harmful for my mom. He handled it. He handled everything. He had a plan in his life on how he was going to so exit. So he thought she would get in trouble for what he did? I don't know. But he did have a no He committed his, suicide. She would not no, get in trouble. He, well, anything in the house, Terry, is what I'm saying. Okay. So he had a pocket that said, do not resuscitate uh, as well. Or he had a piece of paper in his oh, pocket yeah, that said, that do plan, not. Yeah. He planned it. He had a suitcase that had everything together, like like all the bills, all the important things, all his important things he had right there. So you didn't even have to hunt for it. So like he planned everything. To the freaking team, man. I don't think you ever told me that. And it, it, it just absolutely blew my mind, bro, that somebody could do that and have that mindset. And would I mean, would you have the guts to do that? Absolutely if not. If you're man. depressed and everything else, I still wouldn't I, have the I, guts I mean, to do that. You know, you Terry, you've mentioned things in my life about you being where you were driving and you're like, dude, I just want to. Um, yeah, I've been through a hell of a lot of crap that people don't know about. I'm this lucky go guy that gets along. I'm a people person. I have 2,000 friends on Facebook. That doesn't mean crap. TikTok, too. <laughs> yeah, TikTok. I live my life. People don't know the worst side of me. It's like I have my demons, too, but I fight mm -hmm. them every day because I want to live life. I want to see right. my kids grow up, get married, have kids. Uh, there's been times where I'm driving. I was homeless at one point. Yep. I'm not going to lie yeah, I know. It. You were. And I'm living in my car from – stop to stop like a trucker and it just got to me and it's like i'm driving one day down the highway oh what if i go off this bridge and be like bam splat you know mm -hmm. and then end it all and my kids or my mom my dad wouldn't have to deal with anything anymore that's the biggest thing about suicide dude is the effects it's yeah. it's like i mean when you think about one obviously one of the biggest losses chester bennington of lincoln park my yeah. mom still cries to this day about that yeah i mean dude that dude had six kids but you, people do not know you can be the happiest go luckiest person and fight those demons man and i all i, I can I fight them every day yeah it's dude it's absolutely brutal and there's definitely groups um i've got great friends that are be the light uh speak up speak out um and I that's took, that's what i'm doing i'm speaking out because i never have yeah and it's it was it was a barbecue thing that i took my mom but she was able to be around other people that had been lost family members or somebody and i have family members that I'm not going to get into detail about it. Right. But they have those issues. They think I don't care, but I do because I know what it's like to go through that. Yeah. And they think I don't, and I do. And every day I was homeless, I just wanted to just end it all. Yeah. But well, that's why my I check inner, <laughs> my No, my inner voice and someone was telling me, hey, don't give up. You got to keep going. You can't. You know, a lot of people fight demons and they just, they think that. You know, these social media people, even those, like, you could be TikTok famous, yep. okay? And you could still have, you could be 16 years old and have demons, mm -hmm. and your family doesn't know anything about it. Right. Because you don't speak up. You need to speak up, man. I mean, Robin Williams is another prime example. That guy. Well, that guy was my idol. Funny as hell, but inside May nobody dreams knew, man. come. You know. His movie? I think so. Well, dreams, Mrs. Doubtfire. Dreams, dreams big. <laughs> Patch Adams. We won't get into Patch Mrs. Adams was probably one of my favorite Robin Williams movies. But um, you, you, dude, hit up on the suicide uh, information, man. Please, guys, anybody that is fighting anything, please, anybody that has any 
demons in their lives that is fighting against suicide. Your effects affect so many people. But don't give up because do not. you have so much life to live. And there's so much stuff I want to do. I want to go surfing. I'm going to go skydiving. I want to see my kids have babies. Not now. <laughs> yeah. But eventually. And I just keep telling myself things are going to get better. You know, they may not. It always gets worse before it gets better, my grandma always said. Mm-hmm. But Damn right, you man. just got to keep fighting it. And basically, from Oxford University, um, approximately 1 million people worldwide commit suicide each year. And at least... 10 times as many attempt suicide. Number of these people are in contact with members of the healthcare sector and encounter with suicide individuals from a common part of the everyday work of many healthcare professionals. Suicide and unnecessary death examines, you know, the psychological problems with this. And it, it it's a hard thing to deal with with everybody. Right. And, um, I don't know if you've been through this, like had these thoughts before, you know, you don't have to get into it if you don't want to, but, um, no, I, dude, it's, I, I don't think that I've, I've had, I've, I mean, obviously I get depressed. I get sad. There's certain places in my life where I have definitely, uh, thought, um, man, this, you know, this would be easier. This life would be easier, whatever. But I just, dude, I just, I can't. I think life should be lived to the fullest every single day, no matter and no matter what relationship, no matter how difficult it can be, no matter the drinking, no matter this, do not give up. It can always get better. That's I, you have to believe that, man. So, but uh, so go I'm ahead. gonna I'm gonna get you the number at the end of the podcast. Well, um, go ahead, man. For anybody going through these issues, um, Weeping Water does have. Mm-hmm. I know you've mentioned this because yes. you've been to this before. Yep. Uh, the Smoke Your Butt Off Barbecue. It's a nonprofit organization devoted to suicide prevention and mental health awareness. Yes, I'm very um, much involved in that. And thank you for my friend Lisa and Jared and helping my mom open up to stuff like this. Thank and you. Uh, they were supposed to have it this year, you said, but because of the COVID, they COVID. couldn't have it, yep. which is sad. You know, um, I mean, probably could have still had it, maybe it's social distancing or something. I, don't know. I know. It's a great time. <laughs> it's such a, a chance to meet, uh, you know, fallen officers. Um, so maybe they'll postpone it. For later on when all this is done or maybe next year and then it's free I guess you said to get in yeah yeah um, dude and they auction off stuff and it raises money and awareness and man it's it's such an important cause and please no matter what guys you just just listen to people if somebody has a problem Terry sometimes you piss me off I've known you for a lot of years <laughs> you know in this and that but I'm like I'm always going to be there to be able to be uh, bigger's listening to you about whatever something that you go through. So uh, give me the uh, suicide prevention number, please, as we wrap this long, uh, fun podcast up. So uh, if you're feeling like you're going to harm yourself, please get the help you need. It's uh, 1-800-273-8255. Yeah. Again, it's uh, 1-800-273-8255. You guys are always loved, and we love you guys. And if you want to go to the nationalpreventionlifeline.org, go to that also. Very cool. Thank you, Terry. And hey, man, I just want to appreciate what you did when when my dad passed, man. That was a big deal, and I really do appreciate everything you did. Uh, and being there and willing to take a ticket or wreck your car. Uh, 120 coming, miles an hour. That was, a, that was, hey, you got there fast. I had a Ford LTD. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy, man. Hey, thank you guys so much for uh, for letting us share these stories and, and such a personal thing. So. 
So I just want to mention, I'll probably do a couple more podcasts and then uh, I'll end it for the season. He might, Randy might do a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, man. We'll keep on rolling. So thank you guys for listening. I hope we helped you and um, comments, concerns, always, we would definitely appreciate your feedback. So thank you very much for listening to Randy's Rocket Life. Thank you, guys.